Well, it's that time again. It's the end of another year. 2018 is almost over. We have just a few hours before the end of a great year and a time to reflect on what we've accomplished and what we wished we've accomplished. I know that we can look back on 2018 and think, oh yeah, I remember that happening, or I remember that happening, or you can think, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that. We can tell ourselves 2019 is going to be a better year than 2018. Um, We can say we're going to eat better. We're going to exercise better. Uh, We're going to be um, better for our community. We're going to do things uh, that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Sometimes we could work hard in January and February, but by March or April, sometimes we get back into the same routine that we've always been in. But tonight, for a little while, I want to gear our attention to a subject that needs to be bettered in our society today, something that our society today does not, that doesn't have this mindset. They don't want to, to live this type of life, and that's being a servant. Being a servant is sometimes thought of as... Um, I don't want to do that because I want to be the one that's being served. I don't want to do that because that means I'm I'm lower than that person. If I'm serving him, I'm lowly, I'm lower, I'm not as great being a servant. But what does a servant simply mean? A servant simply means one that serves another. Someone that serves another is something that we want to do. But is it something that you want to do or is it something that you're forced to do? Say you're at your workplace. Um, You know, a lot of times that's where there's more servants because they have to. That's their job. If you're at a bank, you're a bank teller. If you're at a grocery store and you're a teller, anywhere you are, you're serving others because that's your job. Uh, You get paid to do it maybe. So my job, I mean, I enjoy Uh, what I do. I enjoy serving others. But is it something that you're forced to do? Do you have to make yourself be a servant? Do you put others before you, like I said, at your work? Do you do it with your friends? Do you do it at other places? If you're afraid to do this, why? What is the cost to you? What is the cost to you to be a servant to someone else? But what would the world be like, my last question, what would the world be like if we all gave without expecting anything in return? Great leaders are vulnerable and unselfish, and they also earn the respect of everyone. When somebody is a servant, they show you what it is to be a true servant. But what does the Bible say about being a servant? Of course, the Bible has a great deal to say about servanthood because the central theme of the Bible is the servant of all, Jesus Christ our Savior. As was read in Mark chapter 10, it says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. When we put Jesus in his rightful place as Lord, he, he, he rules as Lord of our lives. He's expressed in the way that we serve others. If you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 35, 
It reads, as he sat down, he called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And it also says in John chapter 15, in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus was the perfect example as he came to this earth and showed us a servant, showed us to be a ser- how to serve others, and not only that, but to do it with love. <clears throat> but my next question is, why should we want to serve God? The fact that we should serve God, first of all, is obvious in Scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So we have in Scripture, knowing that God is the only one that we should serve and the only one that we should worship. But now we shouldn't leave it at that. We shouldn't do it just if you're forced to. You know... I've told Connor this before. As a parent, your children, you would like for them to do it because they care to do it, not just because it's a force to. As a parent, you want them to understand why they're doing the things they're doing. And I think that's what God's saying here. He wants you to do it because it will better you, not just because God wants to be served, but because he wants you to be lifted up. So we should want to. Every Christian might have a different reason for serving God. Everyone in this room has a different way of serving God. Different people are motivated by different things. But the Bible makes it clear that when a person is in a real relationship with God, he will serve God. Anytime you have a real relationship with somebody, whether you be a parent, a grandparent, um, maybe your children, you have that relationship with them that you care and that you love them and that you will do whatever it takes to, do, to get what they need. <clears throat> now, it's always been God's intention to make us like His Son. God's intention all along was to make us Christians, to make us like His Son, Jesus. And when we look at Jesus' life, there is no denying, there is nothing that you can't say different than He was a servant. His entire life was centered on serving God, whether it be by teaching, by healing, or proclaiming the kingdom. Because it says in Matthew chapter 4, and verse 23, he says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says that Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. Just like in Mark chapter 10, 45, and to give his life a ransom for many. Christ did not have to come to this earth to show us by example how to to serve. But he did. You know, he had the same problems we have. He did get hungry. He did have temptations but by him coming to this earth he showed us that it can be done 
Now, if you'll turn with me to John chapter 13, I'm going to be reading 12 through 17. This is on the night of his arrest. Jesus decides he washes the disciples' feet. And it says, it reads, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. And if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We're called Christians for a reason, because we're to follow Jesus as our example. You know, Jesus showed us how to live. We, we have many people in our lives that tell us you need to do this or tell us that we need to act this way. But when they show you and when they live that life, those are the people that you look to and those are the people that you want to imitate. But we have to humble ourselves to become servants. Um, You know, if you're forced to become a servant, if you're forced to serve somebody, if you're forced to um, do things just because you know that's the right thing, we need to humble ourselves. We need to understand that, um, you know, we're here to further the kingdom. We're here to spread the word so that the church can become great. Unless you humble yourselves, that can't happen. When we have a humble opinion of ourselves... We see ourselves like Paul the Apostle did in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 9, Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul had a relationship with God. He had it through Christ that we should all in this room want. He devoted his life to truly serving God. He spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and he knew that his life before, like many of us, we have a life that we know that is not worthy enough. Paul was the same way, but he knew by the grace of God, he was wrong. He became aware of the love and grace that God had given him, and his response was to serve him. But you have to be careful who you give your service to. You have to know that what you're giving your service to is correct. You can't be a servant to Satan and also the Lord of heaven at the same time. Jesus warns us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So when you decide who you're going to serve, you've got to decide what life you want to live. You have to decide, am I ready to give up the world? Am I ready to stop serving the world and start serving Christ? Jesus says in Luke chapter 8 and verse 14 that if you serve the wrong things, 
you'll be fruitless. In the parable of the sower, Jesus says in Luke chapter 8, verse 14, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they heard, they have heard, they go out and are choked with cares, with riches, and with pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. Just like someone with an orchard, someone with a, a nursery, someone with, that has fruit trees, if it doesn't bring forth fruit or if it doesn't bring forth good fruit, they cut it down. It's not needed. Your service for the world is not something that bears good fruit. You want to serve God so that you bear good fruit. <clears throat> now, when you have a relationship with God, it's like anything else. You try your hardest to show appreciation for His love towards us. When somebody gives you a gift, sometimes you might think the gift is greater than another gift, but when they give you that gift, you're appreciative of it. You want to show your appreciation. You want to show that you are thankful for that gift. God is like that. We can only we can give away only what we first received. <clears throat> if you want to serve God, you have to get to know Him. There's too many people that try to have a least relationship possible with God. As little as they can because they want to fit all the other stuff they would rather do in life. And they fit God towards the very end. In order to serve God... You need that great relationship. You have to get to know Him. Serving God will not go unnoticed though. God has stayed true to His promises. In Hebrews chapter 6, in verse 10, it reads, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's the problem with being a servant. Sometimes you think, well, I'm going to put all my time and I'm going to put all my effort towards this one thing. Am I going to get my due reward? Am I going to get my due diligence? God is never slacked on His promises. And He won't with any of us. Christians have been saved to serve. That is the reason why we are Christians. We are here to serve. <clears throat> whether it be our community, whether it be the place that you work, Wherever you live and wherever you go, being a Christian means to serve. We need to be servants to our brethren and those in the world because it's a noble calling. If you had somebody great ask you to do something, say a king or the president of the United States, you would be elated, you would be glad to do what he called you to do. So we should be gracious. But if we choose not to serve God... We'll just remain a slave to sin. We should, in, in chapter uh, Romans, chapter 16 and verse 16, it says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Remember, our service to others doesn't only affect us personally, but it also affects the church too. I remember this. Uh, I used to be a waiter a long time ago, and I've asked, you know, there's other... Um, waitresses and waiters that's worked in restaurants. And I don't know if it's a surprise to you, but it's not good that I heard this. But they said, did you know that the worst day 
as far as working with the public is Sunday. As far as um, members of the church, other people coming to serve, you know, coming to eat, that they're the worst to wait on. They're the most, uh, you know, it just seems like it's a lot harder to work with them. But what does that say? You know, when you go out of this building, when you live your life and you're living for others, you yourself is not the only one affects. It affects the church too. <clears throat> when one chooses to serve God, it leads to righteousness. And the end of our service is eternal life. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And on into verse 22 it says, But now having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end eternal life. <clears throat> How can we be better servants for God? When 2019 comes, there's those things that you wanted to serve uh, better than you did this year. It's a great time to start. When you look around you and you don't see people that you used to, reach out to them. Ask them what, uh, what they need, what they need help with. Maybe someone in the community that could use a little help. Reach out to them. Um, help those that need help. Don't let the cares of the world weigh you down. You don't want um, thoughts of the world to distract yourself from what you know you need to do. <clears throat> but have you been freed from sin? Have you been freed from sin to serve Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Is there anyone here tonight, are you ready to be baptized with the baptism that raises you as a new creature to where you can obey that gospel and that you can be a Christian and that you can serve like all Christians should? Why not tonight? Why not tonight decide that you need to come up here, obey the gospel, and there'll be somebody here that can help you tonight. I want you to start a wonderful life of peace and happiness knowing that you are saved. As we all stand, if there's any need, please come forward now.